0: Chiefs got things done in the first round of the NFL Draft. Six rounds over two days remain. Can they keep the momentum going? Hi, this is Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars sports podcast. It's Friday, April 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Beat writer Herbie Teopi joined star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell in discussing the Chiefs' opening effort. Spoiler alert, we all liked it. Cornerback Trent McDuffie from Washington and rush-end George Karloftis from Purdue were the selections. And we discuss what they bring to the Chiefs. We also look ahead at what's coming up in the later rounds. The Chiefs still have eight picks in the final six rounds. We discuss what should be their priorities. The show started as Sports Beat Live. Let's get started. Well, let's see. It's 1201, uh, so that makes it good afternoon from Kansas City. And welcome to Sports Beat Live Chiefs Edition, NFL Draft Edition. We're going to talk about. Uh, the Chiefs and what happened on Thursday night, the first round of the NFL draft, and um, and we'll get uh, going on what might happen today in the second, third rounds, and on Saturday when uh, rounds four through seven play out and conclude the NFL draft. And before we introduce our fellows that are giving us some great insights on this, wanted to shout out to Community America for their sponsorship today. Uh, it, it's uh, it's great to have them on board, and you will hear from Community America a little bit later in the show. So, Kirby, let's, uh, let's start with uh, what happened last night. Chiefs, of course, with two picks in the first round. They used both of them, even though they traded up. They traded up and didn't have to give up um, their second first-round pick in the trade, but um, got the you know got Trent McDuffie the cornerback from uh from Washington at number 21 after trading up from 29 and um and it seems like they i don't know kind of got what they wanted here they they went into the draft with some specific needs and those were fulfilled in the first two in the first, with his first two picks starting with Trent McDuffie
1: Yeah, and you're right you know Brett Veach kind of Uh, previewed this draft starting in the offseason where he said defense was their priority. And so when they didn't address it specifically during free agency, the draft made perfect sense. And this is where they had to get their guys. Um, I know a lot of national people were saying, oh, wide receiver, wide receiver. But that was not a specific need. Their specific needs were on defense. So trading up to get McDuffie, they gave up the 29th pick overall, the 94th pick, one of their third round picks, and then their 121st pick, to move up and get Trent McDuffie, who who is widely regarded regarded as one of the top cornerbacks in the draft. So this is a fantastic home run hit for them to get a guy who can be a plug and play type starter. Now you go out and get George Karloftis out of Purdue, and and they needed to address pass rusher. So look, if if I'm grading this draft early, which I'm not, I'm going to wait until Sunday, those two picks right there alone, that's an A, because they got what they had to get. And that's Defense at cornerback and pass rusher. Okay, Herbie's excited about this. Um,
0: let's, uh, um, let's see what Terrence Warno Robinson said. Love the direction of this draft so far. We went to two positions of need, and um, uh, both are 21 years old with upside, and day one starters, hard not to like the value of these picks. I agree. Sam, would you call it a home run pick, though, Trent McDuffie at 21?
2: Well, I, I think it was, they were really surprised he was available. At 21, um, you know, they did not anticipate making a move up for Trent McDuffie because they didn't anticipate that he'd be available sitting there at 21. And the Patriots, of course, are always a team that's willing to move back. So I actually thought going in that 21 was a pick to watch because if the Chiefs were going to move up, that was a team that was going to be willing to move back. Um, but, you know, I mean, I do think he's, he's the third best corner in the draft. I had projected a different cornerback, one, because I had him taking a 29 or 30, um, but also because, you know, I thought Elam from Florida fit a Steve Spagnuolo mold as far as his length and his physicality. McDuffie's a little bit of a different cornerback than what we've seen here in Kansas City. You know, he's, he's 5'11". Um, you know, a lot of the, the scouts say that he plays bigger than that size. Uh, so maybe it's not quite as, as much of a surprise that, that they're going to fit him into Steve Spagnolo's scheme. Um, But he's got really good ball skills. I I think when you watch a lot of his highlights, he's a pretty physical guy. Um, They even at Washington, they blitzed him quite a bit. Um, So I was a little surprised to hear Andy Reid say that they view him as an outside guy and only an outside guy. Because I thought, man, at Washington, he's pretty good coming down off the edge of the line of scrimmage there. And I wondered if maybe they wanted to push LeJarrius Sneed to the outside a little bit. Um, But. I think anytime you get a guy that you did not anticipate would be available at that number, you're you're coming out of the first round feeling really, really good.
1: To, to, to Sam's point real quick, when, when you talk about all that versatility, I remember last night when I asked uh, McDuffie, what is he bringing to this scheme? And and he, he invoked Tyron Matthew, and I thought that was phenomenal because, you know, as we know, when Tyron Matthew was with the Chiefs, Spagnuolo was able to – he was a moving chess piece. He was able to move him all over – the defensive backfield and even into the slot and into the box. So, you know, this is the kind of guy they're getting, Uh, you know, when he compares his skill set to Matthew. I thought that was pretty telling that they are going to use him in a lot of variety of ways.
2: And Brian LeBurge makes a really good point there, because when you make a trade in the draft, you're basically guessing that somebody else is going to take that guy. Right. Um, Especially when you only pick eight picks later, Buffalo came in and traded up to get Elam. A couple of picks later, so the Chiefs were absolutely correct in their anticipation that if they don't make this move, somebody else is going to come get this guy. So they they had accurately anticipated when the run of cornerbacks was was going to commence.
0: It also gets me wondering, and I wonder this every year: um, how much teams know about each other uh, it, on draft night, uh, especially in the first round? What you know, they have their draft board up and they have to have other teams draft boards up as well they've got to know what's going on around them and you just wonder how much you know sort of back channel conversations are happening and uh uh and and, and, you know for the Chiefs to to make the deal that they did and to get to to get ahead of the certain teams that they needed to get ahead of but um okay listen uh before we get vahe involved in this and, and trust me we'll get vahe involved in this uh, but let's hear from uh, Trent McDuffie. We, we got a chance to talk to both he and Karloftis last night. And uh, and here's, here's a couple of thoughts from Trent McDuffie.
3: Honestly, I look at myself almost like a Tyron Matthews type of guy, someone who's going to be able to go in and just play a bunch of different wow. positions um, and just help out the team however I can. Um, that's a big thing for me moving forward is just going in there with the mindset of however I can get on the field, however I can help out this team i'm gonna do everything i can to do it so i know that this organization is has a great defensive mindset so honestly very excited to be a part of this team growing up shoot watching tyron matthew at lsu he was one of those dudes where he wasn't the biggest he wasn't the fastest but he was always gonna make a play and that's something that i always try to do in my game is just be that person who's gonna flash on the screen you know be that guy who's always around the football because i'm a football player and i want to create the best opportunities for my team so Watching Tyron Matthew and just how he became a leader, how he practices, how he played games, just the tenacity and heart that he gave um, is something that I can look at and try to model my game after.
0: Not a bad player to emulate or try to emulate, hey, right, and, and Tyron Matthew?
4: Absolutely, and, and you have to love that he's, uh, he's perceiving himself that way. Uh, both in terms of his versatility and and his motor, his drive. Um, whether the Chiefs see him that way, I guess you know we'll we'll come to we'll come to know and and some of that'll be in how it plays out. Uh, just to go back to one thing really quick though, too, Blair. I mean, you know, looking at Andy Reid last night, I'd be interested to know how you guys felt about this. But I think Andy was going to project being happy with these picks probably no matter what. But I thought he was downright radiant. And um, he invoked a couple of his real catchphrases with uh, with McDuffie when he was talking about loves the game, loves the game. And uh, he even dropped in the high octane for for our guy, George, um, which I thought, I don't know. I, I really thought Andy could hardly contain himself, but I, I, I may be uh, just, uh, you know, easily persuaded. But I but I wondered if you guys thought he was as elated as I thought he was.
0: Well, he absolutely seemed uh pretty thrilled. Maybe maybe he had a little uh, little memory of the last time they drafted a cornerback from Washington in the first round. That worked out okay for him, for that Marcus Peters was um I think he was NFL's defensive rookie of the year that year, started from day one, and that was emphasized last night to some extent that uh, uh McDuffie and uh and Karloftis are expected to be starters from from the get-go. But one thing about um, about really admiring uh, Tyron Matthew, it occurs to me is, you know, Andy Andy Reid said, and I think Greg Veach said it as well that we fully expect to see uh, McDuffie uh, on the outside as, as Sam alluded to just a little while ago. Um, it, could there? But, but the way that Chiefs play some defense, uh, they can move some guys around in the defensive backfield. Herbie, don't you? Is there a possibility we can see? You think there's a possibility to see McDuffie
1: move around a little bit? I I believe so. We always seem to forget that the Chiefs have DeAndre Baker on the team as well. I mean, this is a guy who was a first round pick just a couple of years ago. Uh, Last year had to still work his way back from the leg injury, but they have a lot of pieces there. You've got McDuffie, you've got Snead, you've got Rashad Fenton and Baker. So can they get creative back there? I believe they can. McDuffie probably has the ability to also play safety. So, you know, when you're in your nickel and dime packages, you got a lot of moving pieces, and we know that Spagnolo loves versatility with his cornerbacks, and he has that with McDuffie.
0: So Paul DeSantis writes, uh, love both the picks, but how surprised were were we when they traded up and didn't select Jermaine Johnson? Um didn't he end up he ended up with the Jets, I believe, right? And who who I believe had a terrific first round. Um I, I know that's a when the trade was made, of course, we're we're sitting in the in in the media room at the Chiefs practice facility and we're watching it on TV like everybody else. We don't get a we don't get a heads up that a trade is happening. We just we see it on TV. But that kind of gets us all gets us all speculating on what it might be. Uh, I, I did hear the name Jermaine Johnson come up a couple of times. Sam, uh, it is, is, was um, were you surprised it wasn't him.
2: Um, so I I thought it could be an edge guy, but I would, I'd kind of heard before the draft that I did not think the Chiefs were going to, were going to draft Jermaine Johnson. And I know that, you know, a lot of the mock drafts nationally had him as a top 10 pick. I think the fact that so many teams passed on him told you that that was off. They were receiving some sort of poor intel or they were missing something, um, with Jermaine Johnson. So I know a lot of people wanted Jermaine Johnson. Um, but you got to keep in mind with the chiefs had a great need at both those positions, but they had a great need of cornerback. McDuffie was their top guy available of all players, not just cornerbacks on their list. And he's available there at 21. And, you know, I think he was their top guy available for a few picks, not just there at 21. All of a sudden he's still sitting there. I I mean, I I, I just thought it made all all the sense. And I'm not like the most advocate of trading up. You know, especially, you know, for a team that I feel like is going to have to be building their roster for a long time now through the draft because of these monster contracts, particularly the Mahomes deal. Um, So I'm not you know always the biggest proponent of trading up, but I just think when all the stars align there, McDuffie
4: is the guy that made the most sense. I I do believe Willie Gay was among those advocating the uh, Jermaine Johnson pick after the trade uh, was announced. Um, Hopefully he's all right with how it played out.
0: That's an added uh, entertainment value for for everybody, really, on social media as the draft is unfolding. You get to see where uh, where, where current chiefs stand on some of these picks. Of course, they're always going to end up being s- supportive, but uh, uh, for the most part, for the for the most part. Um, but Patrick Mahomes not not available, I guess, to uh, to weigh in on social media. If I got that right, Herbie, is he uh, um, isn't he? Um, uh, is it bachelor partying this
1: weekend? <laughs> yeah, he kind of mentioned that on the first day of, uh, of the Chiefs opening uh, offseason workout program on the 18th that he would be watching the draft from his bachelor party. He didn't disclose
4: where it was, but, yeah, he's he's kind of
1: predisposed right now.
4: I think he commented on the Mavs game, though. Oh, okay. I think he poked his head out for that.
0: Happy for his Mavs to to win in six, but uh, – um... Uh, maybe he's ticked off about uh, about the direction of the draft for the Chiefs so far. Um, but better better take that back. So, okay. Hey, we've got another draft pick to talk about, George Karloftis, and we'll do that as soon as we return from the message from Community America NKC, Unbelievable things happen every day. Yeah. Unbelievable.
4: Unbelievable. unbelievable. Unbelievable.
0: That's why Community America does unbelievable things to move all of KC towards financial peace of mind. Because when you believe in unbelievable, unbelievable things happen. Join us at communityamerica.com. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Please visit kansascity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. But not so out of sight out of mind that you can't jump on the uh, SportsBeatKC Sports KC uh, Chiefs uh, Chiefs Edition and comment for Community America. Good good to know uh, with Patrick Mahomes. So um, yeah, a busy night for the Chiefs. Just think about this. Two out of the last three years, uh, we've gone to the, well, we didn't go anywhere, uh, in, in, what two, was it two of them or just one? Just the, was, was the draft open in 2021? I can't remember now. Um, I don't think so, right? And certainly not in 2020. Um, so it was but, in it, Cleveland
1: last year, Blair. Right, but going to the Chiefs. Um,
0: oh,
4: oh, 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 going, oh
3: going Chiefs! My bad. Sorry,
1: yeah, this, this is the first time. First time since 2019. Gotcha. And um,
0: uh, still, um, Chiefs didn't make things very interesting in the first round, too, the last three years. You know, they just uh, uh, had traded out right uh, of the first round for, you know, for, for uh, in, in during trade. So uh, it was a busy night, and it was a late night, of course, for for those that cover the Chiefs, but a fun night as well. I thought the draft. Herbie kind of unfolded the way we thought. The familiar names came off the board, and about the places we thought they were going to. To me, one of the bigger surprises of the night was, and we all thought the Steelers were going to take a quarterback at number twenty. They didn't take the one we thought they were going to take, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty. They ended up taking Pickett from uh, from uh, Pitt, who you know who shares the stadium. You know, Pittsburgh uh, shares a stadium with the Steelers, so he ended up going to the, the Steelers at number twenty. So that was the only quarterback taken. In the first round last night, I suspect we will see several others go today. Um, so, with uh, pick number thirty, the Chiefs selected George Karloftis, defensive end from Purdue. And before we um, uh, bat around uh, George, let's let's hear from George Karloftis, taken number thirty last night by the Chiefs.
5: That's kind of how the way I was raised. You know, my my parents pushed me to do just about every sport imaginable. Um, you know, when you found some, when the, when you find the one you love work as hard as you possibly can at it, you know, and I feel like there's no, there's no much, not, not a whole lot of sense. If you're going to dedicate almost your whole life to doing something that you don't do it to the maximum, uh, to your, your maximum ability every single time you're out there. I love everything about it. I love the off season. I like the mental and physical challenge and strain that, you know, the, the chess game. I like every single play is a single challenge, you know, both pre-snap you know, after the ball snap, during, during, you know, the play, you know, whether it's executing your assignment, making the play, doing the right thing, having the perfect technique and trying to do that over and over and over again and being perfect, you know, that, that, that challenge drives me, you know, because you do a sport, you know, like a, a sport that's repetitive over and over and over again, eventually, you know, you get a pretty good rhythm going. And with this, you have a, you have a different stimulus every single time and, and a different challenge every single play. So that's, that's what, that's what I love about it. but. On, on top of everything else, you love the locker room, right? You love the connection and the bond you make with the teammates, and and everything that comes with that.
0: That was Matt Derek. Matt Derek Darin- <laughs> making a cameo appearance. Great to have Matt. I guess we'll have to,
1: you know, cut him a royalty check for for that appearance. <laughs> I, I thought he snuck into our. I thought he snuck into our our our, our broadcast. I was like, "What's Matt doing here?" <laughs> uh, always good to see Matt, but. Uh, a lot going
0: on there. Both of those answers were in reference to questions about um, j- just about what motivates him and uh, uh, Karloftis. Um, you know, he has a really interesting backstory that I'm sure we'll explore in a much bigger way later, but we uh, we just kind of scratched the surface of it last night after the selection. Vahe, why don't you take us down that road of what uh, uh, George Karloftis uh, is about and how he, you know, how he came to football and where he was before football.
4: Well, but born in Athens, not Georgia, Athens, Athens, Greece, not Ohio. And, and not Ohio. And uh, I think I don't know if this uh, holds up, but uh, I believe there's only been five Greek-born players in the NFL before. Um, so here he is, and and proudly Greek, right? I mean, he, he he we were kind of joking about this last night, but he he didn't even like the inference that uh, maybe he just identifies Greek. No, he's Greek. He says he's a Greek citizen. He was there till he was thirteen. And, you know, he, he did come here in, in, a, in a, a strange and hard time of his life. It was af- after his Greek-born father died and his American-born mother brought him, brought him here to West Lafayette. They, I, I believe they met in West Lafayette. But his background before then, he was most uh, notably a, a junior national water polo player in, in Greece. And um, it, it you could see it fits from the pace of his, how he talked. I loved his answer about over and over and over again. And, perfection and you know even perfecting the pre-snap and the after snap and all that you you could see why Andy was Andy Reid was saying we we'd enjoy him and that bit about high octane and and I think if I understood him correctly I I think football did not come naturally immediately to him but football became an important part of his assimilation into the country Um, and now obviously it's a big part of his identity so he seems like he'll be a um, interesting guy to get to know and and uh, uh I, I I think I, from every indication it absolutely looks like he's going to make an immediate impact
0: yeah, Sam I think so right I mean he's he's going to be given um, they're counting on that he's got a first round pick at a position of need he's, he's getting thrown in there
2: yeah i mean I think that's one of the great things about defensive end is those guys all rotate in so you know rookies play. I mean, we even saw Josh Cain do on the field a little bit last year. But with Karloftis, the interesting thing about that is, so I I tend to watch the guys I think the Chiefs might take and watch a little bit of their film. Unlike, you know, one of our predecessors here, which we should give Therese a shout out on any draft show, but Therese would watch everybody. (laughs) Um, I tend to watch the guys I think the Chiefs might take. And I did not watch Karloftis because I thought he'd be gone. Like I was just sure that he would be gone. And then buzz started to come from, you know, Todd McShay and Peter McKing over the last week that he might fall out of the first round. And I, I thought, well, there's no way he should fall completely out of the first round because he shouldn't get past the Chiefs. Because when you go back and watch him, you know, I mean, I, I know that the cliche is the, the high motor that even Brett Beach used it last night. I think we all knew that phrase was coming at some point. Um, but Manny he just has so much energy on the field and he's really physical with his hands. Now his arms aren't extremely long. Maybe that's one of the reasons he dropped, but he's really physical with his hands. Um, And, you know, it was kind of funny. Adam Teicher from ESPN loves to ask Andy, Reid about comparisons for players and Andy always hates it. Um, But he almost said one last night. And I do wonder who he might've been talking about because there had been some comparisons with with Karloftis. The way he plays, not the athletic ability, but the way he plays to JJ Watt because he's so violent with his hands. Now JJ Watt also has really long arms. Karloftis is not, so it's even more effective for JJ Watt than it might be for Karloftis. But he plays with that kind of energy on the field, and I do think that's that's going to be something that this defensive line, in particular, really needs.
4: Quick quick addition there. Just I I, I thought that Andy did have somebody in mind and then just decided he was going to restrain himself because he thought it might put a little too much on uh on those considerable shoulders.
0: Okay, Herbie. So Sam says this is the next JJ Watt. Um I've heard uh <laughs> Listen, the the comparison isn't, um, you know, not not direct, but maybe at some point having the impact on a defensive line, the way Max Crosby has had, and, you know, with the Raiders, the Chiefs have lacked that uh, for the last couple of years. Meanwhile, we talk about how all the other AFC West teams have improved themselves. Um, The the Chiefs, in one place uh, where the AFC West seems to have you know, gotten away from the Chiefs is that you know is rushing the passer. Chiefs were really bad sack total last year, bottom four I think in the NFL. And you know, I, I, the idea is that they addressed they they began to address it with the with the drafting of of Karloftis. And but you also hear some other things like he's not a great bend guy. Um, the, as, as Sam alluded to, the you know these. His arm length is, is not ideal for you know NFL. that's when you when you read the pros and cons of his profiles, that always comes up. but um, one other thing while I'm thinking about it, I, I looked at a consensus mock draft yesterday uh, as it was unfolding and of course they, they took about a thousand mock drafts and I'm sure Herbie's yours were part of it. Um, and they had McDuffie at 17 and Karloftis at 21. The Chiefs get him at, um, at 21 and, and 30. So those, those are good guesses. But what, what are your impressions
1: of Carloftis and what the Chiefs got in him? Well, you know, here's the thing with mock drafts, and I always tell people this. okay, There's always that unknown because we don't know what teams are going to do in the draft. Are they going to move up? I mean, there's always over the last couple of years, there's always been multiple trades of teams moving up to get the guy they want. So it, it didn't surprise me one bit that Karloftis slid down to 30 and he's a guy that i pegged on my first mock draft to go to the Chiefs. so kudos uh-huh, i got one right but it, 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 you have an opportunity to work with this guy okay so as sam alluded to they rotate a lot of guys in so you know you have the offseason to, to find his strengths his weaknesses and how they fit within a spagnolo scheme and then you work on it i love the fact that he mentioned last night that you know he has an opportunity to learn from veteran teammates don't think for one second Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to be in his ear, kind of like what Haley used to do back in the day and pull the guys off of the side and work with them. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them doing that, especially with Chris Jones there, teaching him how to rush the passer from the edge. I thought it was a great pick. I, you know, they needed to get a pass rusher. Carl made perfect sense to me to grab, especially after teams started moving up to get the guys they want. That caused a slide down. It happens every year. Absolutely.
0: Um, all right, let's let's spin it forward. Um, Dan Walden wants to know, draft a receiver tonight. We've seen a couple of people that want to want to know what the Chiefs are going to do. So first, remind us with the trade yesterday, what did the Chiefs
1: have tonight? Herbie? What 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 numbers do they have? Uh, we'll have two picks in the second round and then one in the third. Of course, you're asking me this. I don't have the paper in front of me, but I think hold up. Hold up. Here we go. 50, 62 and 103. I think, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to stay flexible. And, you know, I asked Brett that last night, how do you balance the wants versus needs? And he just said, hey, we have, to ha- we have to go in there with the mindset to stay true to our draft board. And that means flexibility. Is wide receiver on, on the menu right now? I think it has to be. You know, you missed out on all those big names on the first night, but there's a lot of players still available. Sky Moore is still available. George Pickens. I know Sam McDowell loves this guy. I love that guy, too. Uh, he's coming off of an injury, but he was one of the Chiefs' top thirty visits, and he used that top thirty visit to look at medicals. So if they feel he's, you know, if they're comfortable that he's going to be healthy and he's available there at fifty, I think he makes perfect sense to grab.
0: Uh, yeah Sam. They, they, um, uh, the, the receivers came off in a flurry last night, and it, it was kind of unreasonable to expect one of the you know, one of those, what was it, eight that ended up getting drafted in the the first round last night? What a change too, right? Wide receivers going off the board, and and I don't think no running back was taken last night. That just doesn't happen anymore, does it? Um, But wide receivers are very,
2: great class for wide receivers, and they were at a premium on on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, a great class, but also when you see the kind of money that these guys are getting, you'd rather get one in the draft instead. And you know, we not only do we see those that many taken. We saw two traded, two high profile number one guys traded with Marquise Brown and uh, and AJ Brown going from Tennessee to Philadelphia. I, I think you know I, I like Pickens a lot. Um, I also think the Chiefs like Pickens a lot. Um, I also like Sky Moore, the other guy that Herbie mentioned. You know, he he comes from um, FCS, right? So uh, I think, and he's he's only what is it five ten. Um, so I think people look at him and think, can he stand up to the physicality of the NFL when he hasn't played against SEC football, when he is a smaller guy, but you look deeper and he led the, he led that division and broken tackles for a wide receiver. So he can play physical, even though he's small. You know, I, I think people probably underestimated Tyree kill's ability to play physical because of his height, but Tyree kill was a, was, was a pretty powerful guy. I mean, he was, really well built. I think that's what you see a lot in Sky Moore. So I don't know that those two guys are going to be available at 50, um, but I think they could go receiver. I think they could go – they still need a right tackle. Um, And I think they need another defensive end. Um, So I wouldn't mind seeing them take, whether it's today or, or whether it's Saturday, another edge rusher because, like we mentioned, those are guys you can rotate in. You'll find playing time for those guys. We think Frank Clark is in his last year here in Kansas City. You're going to have that need next year. Why not address it in a year where you've got nine, ten picks?
0: Right. I was going to say they've got eight more selections to go over over six rounds. Is it unreasonable to think that they could actually go back and get more or trade up to if if, For if, sure. one was, if one of those receivers is you know among you know not taken among the first five or so tonight? Could the Chiefs package you know their their second one, you know their first second round and throw in a Throwing the four or maybe a seven. I don't know. I don't know what the value – I certainly don't have the chart in front of me, but uh, in terms of value, if they see one of those wide receivers, is uh, possible for the Chiefs to make a move?
2: Yeah, I mean, Herbie's already traded all four of their seventh-round picks like ten times last night. So <laughs> I don't know that they have four sevens left. <laughs> uh, for very personal reasons.
0: Uh, <laughs> for Herbie. It's <laughs> a long ride. So um all right uh, that, that's um, so that's where we are Chiefs uh, have taken uh, have two picks in the uh, in the first round uh, Trent McDuffie the cornerback from Washington and, um, uh, and and George Karloftis, the Russian from Purdue uh, I think they're I think they're both going to be opening day starters and question I have is uh, whoever they draft the wide receiver which I, I think is happening tonight whether wherever it is in the draft is
1: um, does that person come in and, and start for the Chiefs? I, I don't think so. You don't you don't need him to start because you have McCullough Hardman. You've got Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. You, you, you can work into Reese Mountain. I mean, the, the Chiefs have the wide receivers where whoever they draft doesn't need to come in and start. Let's not forget Cornell Powell and his beautiful soul from last year. You know, he had an opportunity to grow on the practice squad Maybe he. This is the year. You know, it took him a couple of years at Clemson to finally emerge, and this might be his year to finally step up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when we all said they need a wide receiver, it's more about to Herbie's point—the fact that only Marquez valdez gantley is, is under contract for 2023. So, you know, it's 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 not necessarily the immediate urgency that the two positions they drafted last night were, but it's coming. It's right around the corner. So why not get one again when you're loaded with picks? and it's when it's a deep wide receiver class and it's another one of those positions where you rotate guys in even if he's your fourth wide receiver he's he's going to get some snaps
4: to- right. totally totally see it the same way and 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 to Sam's point earlier too and and Herbie always wanting to trade away the picks i i mean I, I don't see why they wouldn't be thinking hard about the right package to move up and get get this sort of guy now right i mean it's i don't know if it's identifiably their absolute Greatest spot of need. It's probably not quite that, but I think it, with you look with the look at what the future contracts are and and the opportunity here, it's good to good to do that. But I'm really disappointed. Everybody's sleeping on University of Pennsylvania product. Uh, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Watson. He's uh, he's just sitting there and he's he, he's collecting dust in 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 uh, Herbie and Sam's reference points here. Don't don't sleep on him. Can you, can you give us a scouting report, Vahe? Saw him play against the hated Yale Elis in uh, 2017, I think. And uh, he looked like an NFL receiver. Of course, that was against guys that might not have been NFL defenders.
0: <laughs> well, one of us, uh, if and when that happens, one of us will have to point the cell phone camera on Vahe when he makes his cell- congratulatory call. Uh, as a <laughs> That's
2: my guy. most of those uh pin receivers have to go on to uh to do other things i think
4: (laughs) that that might be true but i seem to recall tyree kill telling telling one of uh one of our lot that he was pretty sure he was pretty fast back in the day so
0: (laughs) indeed indeed all right uh guys it was great catching up with you and it was um and it was so much fun today. And I, I was so eager to get into uh, the conversation that maybe for the first time in the history of sports beat lives, I didn't introduce you. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, but I will, uh, we, we will include you on the outro. So big, big thanks to uh, columnist Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian and to our beat writer, Herbie B. Uh The fun's just beginning at the NFL draft, uh, complete coverage. Uh, in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com for the next few days, not just and not just Friday and Saturday, but Sunday, Monday. That's when the undrafted free agent uh, lunacy happens, and Herbie, Herbie will be all over that. So, um, big thanks to Community America for their sponsorship today. Thanks to Patrick Mahomes for coming on, uh, for providing the halftime entertainment, and uh, always to Monty Davis who spins the dials, does a great job producing. Um, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, hey, one one last thing. shout-out to uh, some, some folks here that are, are regulars that, uh, that said some nice things on the comments. Um, Terrence, I really appreciate it. And Cameron, uh, it's, it's good, to, good to be back and, and see everybody. And, and uh, Kyle, everybody, uh, thank you very much for, for your thoughts. And we'll do it again soon. Take care. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Monty Davis produced the podcast and the Sports Beat Live. Yeah, he's that good. Thanks to the staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell, Vihe Gregorian, and Herbie Teope for sharing their insights. And thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday, wrapping up the draft on Sports Beat KC.